Picture this, two guys trapped in the South Charleston Public Library. One guy loves movies, the other, well, he'd rather be watching reality TV. Can they survive each other's films? Find out on Real Opposites, a library podcast about movies. Hosted by Josh and Aaron from the South Charleston Public Library. Hey everyone, and welcome back to The Real Opposites. I'm Aaron. And I'm Josh. And we're back for our... Christmas Christmas Spectacular. Yes, there you go. (laughs) Um, We both chose Christmas movies, or what we call Christmas movies for each other. What we call Christmas movies? Sir. We will do, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. <laughs> that is a debate we will get into. No worries. There is no debate. So, anyways, we're back to discuss Die Hard, obviously, and A Christmas Story Christmas. I think we're going to start with A Christmas Story Christmas. Mm-hmm. Growing up, like, the Christmas movie in my house was Christmas Story. We always did the, like, 24-hour marathon of it, and we used to go to the theater to see it when they would show it in theater. Mm-hmm. And we also go up the house that was used for the exterior shots. Where's that at? And the museum. It's in Ohio. Okay. It's like outside Cincinnati or something, or is it Cleveland? It's on Cleveland Avenue or Cleveland <laughs> Street. Okay. But I think it's in one of the other C words. Okay. Like a Cincinnati. So maybe Cincinnati. Okay. But they have the house, and then they've set up the inside. You can go around and look, and there's the museum. But anyway, so Christmas Story was Christmas to me as far as a movie. And you'd already seen that a million times or a few times. I mean, it's been a long time since I've actually watched it all the way through. Yeah. But it's like you watch it so many times as a kid. You know it. it. I know the movie. Right. Like beat by beat. I yeah. don't have to watch that one again. Right. <laughs> so I picked A Christmas Story Christmas, which is the actual sequel to Christmas Story that came out last year Yeah, with a lot of the cast coming back for it. There is A Christmas Story 2. Never, ever, 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 ever watch that. That has Daniel Stern <laughs> in it, I think, right? Um, is that the guy from... Home Alone? Yes. Yeah. Yes, tall, it does. Tall guy. Yeah. It is absolutely horrible. It's an all new cast and it just it's just bad. Hmm. But anyways, so this is the follow up and basically I chose it because you know, I couldn't choose Christmas story. <laughs> I mean, you could have chosen. I've probably haven't seen it in 20 years, so you right. could have chosen that. Oh, well, you didn't say that. It's well, okay though. <laughs> this is a fresh one. Right, right. This is a fresh hell for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's just jump into it. What'd you think? <laughs> I would have rather watched Christmas Story. Really? Uh, now I'm curious about a Christmas Story too. Um, oh, you should watch it. Not what really. Do, but... What do you, What do you like so much about this this one as opposed to Christmas Story two, or just it on its own? Well, this one, of course, has a lot of the cast returning, or some of the cast. Some of them um, died. So yeah, just Aaron McGavin and the. Oh, Melinda, Melinda Dillon, who played the mom. Yeah, she she passed away too. Or she? Oh, I thought she just retired. Maybe from she acting. just retired. Okay. Yeah, Either way, I know Darren McGavin passed away. Yeah, but I think this one. I was worried when they were coming out with it, but when I watched it, I felt like it had the same feeling as the first movie, and it had the same kind of format. He he sees these visions and crazy stuff happens. Um. 
I don't know. It just felt like that's what Christmas like. That one felt like it definitely was a sequel. If that makes sense, this like, one does. To me, it does. Yeah. Um, a lot of the same places are involved, and the just the story itself and the way the movie is done. Yeah, gives me that same feeling so as was, Christmas. Story. I'm assuming it was shot in the same house. It looks like the same house. Yeah, I was I was going to look that up because one of the houses near it didn't look familiar to me. Hmm. But I'm pretty sure they used the same house. At least for the exteriors. Yeah, no, Melinda Dillon. Actually, it's not. It's not the same house? Well, the then current owners declined the production company from having access to the original house in the well, neighborhood. You know why? Because they I mean they would come in and they would wreck that house. Yeah. Because they'd have to... Yeah, and it's now a tear it up. Because I imagine they put a ton of money into like replicating the look of the original film, like how it looks mm-hmm. in the movie, like the house. Right. So they get good that. at replicating that. it, though. They could have at least shot exteriors. Yeah. But yeah, I I hated this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Tell us and, how you really. No, I have fond memories of the original. I never want to watch it again, but I have fond memories of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think everything that works in the original film doesn't work in this. I mean, it's cool that uh, Peter Billingsley comes back and like all the uh, Zach Ward who plays Farkas. Yeah, Scott. Uh, you know, it's cool they all come back and his kid brother comes back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's cool they got the cast, but it mostly just feels like an excuse to have for them to get a paycheck. I don't, okay. like nothing, it's totally unnecessary and it doesn't, work at all in the original it works because you have like a middle-aged man reminiscing about his childhood right okay so immediately it's the movie start as that movie starts it's there's nostalgia because we can all if you're an adult put yourself in his shoes and look back at like what christmas was like to you whether it's right you know whatever your your how the eccentricities eccentricities of your parents or what you got on christmas day or the stupid stuff that your mom would have you wear. Right. Whatever. You could you could put yourself in his shoes. And I think that's what makes the original film so good. And, I mean, it just works for kids, too, because it's just a funny, you know, kids. it's just a funny movie. Right. It absolutely does not work when a middle-aged man's talking about his middle-aged man stuff throughout the entire movie. And they're just rehashing the same things that happened in the original movie. Beat by beat. Yeah. This is the same movie. The only thing where I was like, okay, that was a little clever was the end, which I should have seen was how they like, this is like a prequel. This is like how it, like from here is where he starts reminiscing about the childhood, like his book or whatever. Right. It's like, okay, that's kind of cute. Yeah. The rest of this 90 some minutes (laughs) is just, (laughs) they could have just had, had to be like a post credit. On the old movie, that would have been better. Yeah, <laughs> um, and like it's not like I don't know Peter Billingsley. I don't know what he's done in the intervening years, but I mean, he, he you know he's okay. Like everyone's yeah. okay. He played an elf in Elf. Oh yeah, he was. Man, he's got to be. I guess he's just embraced the whole thing. Yeah, at this point. Um, but I felt no no like sense of like joy or humor or um nostalgia that i get from the original yeah um and the thing like watching it with my i remember watching it with my dad and stuff and like i could i could 
see him. It's like, I think that's kind of the, the appeal of the original movies. You can see your parents. Like if you were a kid when this came out in the 80s, yeah, your parents would have grown up in the 50s. So it would have been, you could see that what their childhood was like. Right. The toys they wanted. How their tree looked, the cars, the just the what the 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 Christmas, the Santa, like the mall Santas, and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And I think that's part of the appeal is parents watch it with their kids and they can kind of see what their childhood may have been like. Because you know, as a kid, you don't know what your parents were like, and so maybe that's like a little window into what they experienced as kids. Yeah, and how I mean, it's still kind of universal. You know, I think a lot of that stuff still happens. Your kids still want things for Christmas and right. can't wait to wake up in the morning and. Yeah, for sure. And they deal with bullies and, you know, it's very lighthearted and funny. Yeah. But I think that movie works and this one just doesn't. They just repeat the same jokes. And it's painfully obvious they have no money to work with. Really? Because <laughs> they're like, oh, let's go skating, which would cost money because you'd have to have a skate park or something. <laughs> skate, you know, ice skating. Yeah. And she's like, oh, nope, twist my ankle. Why even write that? <laughs> Also, I, d- I didn't, I don't know how old Billingsley is, but he looks much older. His wife looks like 20 years younger than him. Yeah. So that, that was like, eh, I don't really buy this. I just didn't buy it. Yeah. That, but it was, I mean, it's one of those movies like where they, they make a sequel years later and it's like, oh, that's that person. Right. That's what they look like now. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, I mean, for sure the original one is way better. I mean, that's not up for, you know, debate, but... And it might just be where I was so, like, Christmas Story was the thing for us. Yeah, no. And I think maybe that, when they did the new one, it was just a sense of nostalgia in a way for me. Because you're going back to these same people, and they're back in the same town. and, And yes, some of the same stuff is happening, but it just shows, like that that town is still how it is or how it was. But I'd rather just watch the original movie. Right. Like if it's just going to be the same movie, just with older people. Yeah. I mean... I don't, I, I, I don't like... this. It's this whole, like, industry of fan service movies mm-hmm. where they, like... Something people remember and love, and it's like, wow, well, it's 30 years later. Let's do... We can maybe get a couple of the cast members, and we can repeat the same jokes, and it's like, knock out the script in a week, right. and boom, you're off to the races. And it's just... There's no, it doesn't feel like anybody had anything to say with this. Mm-hmm. Like in the original movie, which Bob Clark made, who directed uh, Black Christmas. Right. So two Christmas movies in a row from Bob Clark. Very different. Very different. Black Christmas is so much better. Well, I, I mean, and <laughs> I, I get where you're going with the fan service type movie. And I, I could see that 100% with this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I think this movie is something that I may watch every year with the original, but it won't ever be one I watched like 24 hours or anything like that. Yeah. That will still be the the original. But I think, and I, I maybe it, it also is because I expected way worse when they were making this. So the fact that it was better than what I thought, maybe why bar. I enjoy it. Low bar to hit there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, because I feel like that. Whenever they take a movie, like, for my childhood, and they make a new one, it, that's how I feel about it, is, like, please don't. But I, <laughs> but I don't mind to be a little surprised or like it a little bit. And I think that's what it is. The bar was set so low by my own self that this one was good to me. And like I said, I think 
the repetitiveness yeah. of of jokes and things like that probably is what gives it that nostalgia feel for me because it's basically they're just redoing it. Yeah, um, that's so that that's my problem. Right. <laughs> it's like well, that's the thing. It's like any sequel. You, I think James Cameron said something like, "You have to, you have to give them a similar experience, but not the same movie." Right. So it has to. I mean, you can't just repeat the same beat by beat. Otherwise, right. you just rather let's just watch the same, watch the first movie. Right. And like I said, there's this whole culture of fan service movies, and they all just feel hollow because they're not coming from somewhere within a writer or director that's like, I love this movie. I really have something to expand upon it with. Yeah. Like, you know, I bring up Cameron because he's made so many great sequels. You know, when he made Aliens, like he loved Alien so much. Mm-hmm. He came up with a way to give a similar experience. Like it's still harrowing and suspenseful, but it's a very different movie. And he expands naturally on the mythology in in the original film. And he still makes it his own. It still feels like, doesn't feel like a Ridley Scott movie. Like the original feels like a James Cameron movie. Yeah. And this just feels like nobody, anybody, they could have got a 23 year old out of film school to make this movie. Quite generic. Yeah. There's no, no nobody has anything to say. Yeah. And I, that, I could see that. That's the thing. I So I, I get d- it on a, on a, on a superficial level. I get it. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, these are, you know, these are kind of bringing back memories. I get yeah. that. But, I I mean I just I just need more than that. Right. I feel like I'll, I want to I, What? <laughs> I want to see Ralphie as like <laughs> I want to see him kind of like um <laughs> kind of like Danny in Doctor Sleep, like he's a drunk and he's like with prostitutes and stuff at the start of the movie. I want to see like him get his Christmas spirit back or something, and really like go to go to AA and have to go right uh, go back to home and live with his mom and like I don't know that could be something that you could, could be do interesting, it, yeah. You for know, sure. and he could revisit, and that could be. I mean, maybe that's a little bit more like Bad Santa or something in that <laughs> respect. But I don't know something other than just the cookie cutter. Right. I'm not saying they would really do. They should do that. I'm just. Like you can do anything with a sequel, right? Anything I see you what you're saying. You can go yeah. any direction, and just repeating the same beats is just lazy. Yeah, I don't know what I was expecting from this. Yeah, I heard it was pretty good, so I was like, "Oh, maybe this will be pretty good." And it was like five minutes in, and I had to turn it off. <laughs> I was like, "Nope, I'm not doing this. Not right now." <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, like I said, I I liked it, and I was worried. I did finish it. I just yeah it was first. I was like, oh. I was worried when I picked it that when I watched it this time, maybe I wouldn't like it. Yeah. Because I know all the things you're saying is 100% true. I mean, they could have done more, and it definitely feels like anybody could have done it, and it's just a basic story that kind of repeats the first one. Yeah. But I did enjoy it again. I I laughed a okay. lot. I thought it, a lot of it was well, funny. I'm glad it brings you joy. Yeah. <laughs> can we can we cut that part where he says that everything I'm saying is 100 percent true, and we can just I just want to I want to add that? that on the button so that anytime we have a disagreement, I just want to <laughs> have that there. <laughs> oh. Um, <laughs> I mean, we can maybe make a sound bite of it, but <laughs> anyway, going but, on. But yeah, so I did. I did actually enjoy going back and watching it this time. Okay, 
in fact, the first the first time I watched it, the new mom got on my nerves a little bit. And I actually really enjoyed her the second time around. I, I like, mean, it's not Melinda Dillon, that's for sure. No, I liked Julie Haggerty, though. She was in, um, oh, there's something that's, I'm, I remember her from, let me look it up real quick. I'm not a huge fan of the original Christmas story. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I just, I think. I think it's one you're either like a fan of or you're not. Yeah. I just think oh, I didn't. Oh, that's right. Didn't I don't I don't think we watched it when I was little. Yeah. And so I think if you don't have like the nostalgia or like people in your family are excited about it, then it's like hard to get into. So, yeah, I mean, they honestly didn't yeah. start the 24 hour thing until I was. I feel like they didn't start that till the 90s. So we yeah. would just watch it. Just like they just show it once. Right. Mercifully. And that would be it. And we'd watch yeah. Christmas Story. Not every year, but like we watched it a few times. Yeah, our um, our family Christmas movies were Jingle All the Way, and I love that movie. And <laughs> Prancer, put the cookie down. Oh no, um, Prancer! My mom oh. really liked Prancer because okay. I remember that movie. I've never seen it. Yeah, and then like I remember passing it over on the video show. Uh, it's a, like about a little girl that finds a reindeer, but yeah. apparently the little girl in the movie reminded my mom. A lot of me as a little kid, and okay. so she loved it. She would like it was her every, and then Christmas vacation. But my mom would cover our ears for like half of the like mm. every the time. Get, yeah, this little tirade. That's another good yes. one. Yes, she'd just come by, like cover our ears, and be like, "You don't hear this," and right? She could, but she really loved the movie, so she put it on. But like, that's funny. You know, it was oh, just funny. Rewatched Christmas Vacation, and more and more, I'm really sympathizing with his neighbors. <laughs> That's how I know I'm getting older. It's like, they should file a lawsuit. <laughs> like, this really is awful. He's awful. Yeah. Yeah. You shouldn't get a bonus. <laughs> but anyway, Julie Haggerty uh, uh, was in um, Airplane. Oh, Airplane okay. movies. And What About Bob? Oh, okay. That's what I'm, because I can like hear her voice and I remember her from Airplane. That's, yeah. that's what it is. But yeah, I mean, like, it's there's a clear difference in like, Jingle All the Way was your movie. Yeah. And like you, you had this. What was your? What was another Christmas movie that you guys watched all the time when you were little? Yeah, Smoky Mountain, Christmas. That we did last That's year. That's movie in air quotes. Nah. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> That's a made-for-TV movie. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, it was it was Christmas Story. I, we always watched the originals, like the original Rudolph and mm-hmm. oh, things yeah, we like that. Too. Definitely, especially Rudolph. Yeah. I love Yukon Cornelius, one of the most accurate depictions of a geologist. <laughs> yeah. I'm kidding, but he does lick the rocks, so there is that. Um, um, <laughs> but I think I think that's mainly. I, I mean, if I, yeah, I, Christmas Story, and honestly, Smoky Mountain Christmas, probably. Okay. Um, I mean, we were so into Christmas Story, like. We have DVDs about the making of it. We have Road Trip for Ralphie, which is these two people that just go on a road trip <laughs> to see the places where things were filmed. Oh, that's cool. And and stuff like that. Yeah. So it it was definitely, that was our family movie, 100%. We also watched Home Alone, but that's because it makes my dad laugh and yeah. nothing yeah. makes him laugh. He's got that, that very, I, like, I mean, we stoic. watched that, of course. I, I watched Home Alone when I was yeah. a kid. Yeah. yeah. It's that's still what, pretty good. I watched yeah. it last year. Yeah. It holds up. Yeah. For some reason the like physical gags in home alone just make him giggle like a little yeah. kid it, it, they, <laughs> i mean they're pretty good i like physical gags sometimes but yeah i mean it was 
we definitely watched all of those as well. Yeah. So did y'all? Did you have one, or is I mean, we watched this sometimes. Was I guess maybe like when they come out, we watched Scrooged. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's Bill a good Murray. one. I haven't seen that in a long time. I need to watch one. that. Uh, we watched Lethal Weapon, Die Hard. <laughs> um, I, you know, it's funny. I, 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 it's a wonderful life's one of the like quintessential ones, but I never, I didn't actually see that until I've never seen it uh, five or six years ago. And I, that, that one's become a staple. I pretty much watch every year. Really? I really love that movie. But yeah, I, most, we didn't, I mean, I don't know. We didn't watch a ton of Christmas movies. Yeah. Like the traditional ones. Like we never, I never saw White Christmas. Or, White Christmas is one or, that we watched a lot. Uh, Holiday Inn or any of those things. Uh, we were we liked the more offbeat stuff. Yeah. Oh, another one we watched a lot was Santa Claus. Oh, the one with Dudley Moore and Yeah. Yeah. That one's rough. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I love the original. Yeah. Some of the other ones aren't as great, but Did they make sequels to that? Santa Claus two and three and now there's a Oh, TV the Tim show. Allen one. Yeah. I I was thinking of uh the really crappy one from the eighties. Oh. Mm-mm. I thought I you said Dudley to me more. more. Dudley. That's Dudley Moore. Oh. Also, it's sure not Demi Moore that plays in it anyway, so I don't know why <laughs> I was like, thinking. yeah. <laughs> the Santa Claus is pretty cute. The first one's pretty cute. I think because my birthday is so close to Christmas, we didn't really do a lot of Christmas movies. That too. Yeah. I feel that. But, well, yeah, yours is like, yours was on Thanksgiving this year, wasn't it? Uh, it was the... It was, it was Black Friday. Black Friday. That's oh. the worst one. That's absolutely. Can't <laughs> Ain't even nobody go. coming to nothing on your. Nobody's birthday. going anywhere. I can't go anywhere either because like the traffic is insane. Yeah. But no, yours is definitely worse. Like, no, I, I don't think know. The that's closer, bad. The closer you get to Christmas, the worse it is. Well, uh, Batman Returns. That's a oh, Batman Returns. Yeah. yeah, Batman Returns. That's a great one. Yeah. Later, Eyes Wide Shut. I've watched that a couple times at Christmas. At Christmas. For me, a lot of times the Harry Potter movies get played at Christmas. They're definitely because I consider they have them that. Christmas yeah. movies. Just the like the theme is very Christmassy. Yeah, it just has yeah, like a is. holiday vibe to Snowy it. Snowy holiday yeah. vibe. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially the first one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's always a Christmas sequence, like mm. you know, right. But you know what's like in this the second Christmas story. What's really missing is, uh, I mean, and he's dead, but like Darren McGavin, the dad. Oh, for sure. He's such a big part of why the mm-hmm. first movie is so good. Yeah, it is. He is. He's just, he was a terrific actor, and uh, his presence is really missed in this one. Yeah. Also, they shot this movie in Bulgaria. That's what I was just reading. <laughs> Bulgaria? <laughs> yeah. What? How why? random. <laughs> well, because it's cheaper. Like they get well, yeah, that tax breaks and yeah, and snow. You know, it's like probably. 30 cents to the dollar. Right. But, man, that's weak. That's, yeah. that's weak. <laughs> like, it's not like you got to film it in, like, extravagant locations. Right. It's just like a normal suburban house. Yeah. You can't find that anywhere in America. <laughs> typical suburban house. Like, They're really working on that budget, man. <laughs> I feel like, I feel really? like you're going to end up paying more in... Flying people out there, yeah. To, like, uh, well, I mean, there's there's a pretty big film industry in Bulgaria actually, because oh. they like a lot of straight to video huh. Bulgaria, Romania. There's like a lot of straight to video like action movies are are filmed over mm-hmm. there. So there probably is a pretty good infrastructure, but like, I don't know. It's like a this is like an American right movie. Like it should be shot like in somewhere. I don't know Cincinnati, Detroit, like somewhere that has that kind of somewhere in the Midwest has that kind of like look. Yeah. You know, that's weird. Yeah, I thought that was weird. I just not when I was just now reading it. Um so I mean this one I guess 
isn't really based on it, but the original is based on a book in God We Trust, All Others Pay Cash by Gene Shepard. Yeah. And Gene Shepard did the voice for old Ralphie in the original. Okay, that's cool. Um, I that. So I did think it was neat because Peter Billingsley actually does the old Ralphie voice this time. Yeah. But he did kind of adjust his voice to sound closer to Gene Shepard, and I think it worked. I thought that was a neat little tidbit just because, like, I didn't even think of that when I was watching it. I never thought, oh, this doesn't sound right. Yeah. No, so I mean, it's I not, it like, did. I could tell it was somebody different, but it was, they were trying to mimic that. Yeah. The the cadence of the of Gene Shepard's. But it's just like, there's less, like, like when he's talking about the Red Rider BB gun mm-hmm. or whatever, it's like, the way he's just, you can tell he's excited when he's narrating is... You can feel that in the in the in the voice, right? It's like mm-hmm. this felt just kind of because he's not narrating, he's not reminiscing about something. He's just talking about what's going on now, right? It's like a Christmas noir or something. Yeah, <laughs> I could see. I see where you're coming from with that. So this says, as of two twenty twenty three, this movie actually is airing on TBS and TNT now. I didn't this know that. Is? That's mm-hmm. yeah that. It's a. It originally was released on HBO. Yeah, on Max. On Max. Yeah, and that's where I watched it. But I didn't know TBS and TNT are the ones that run Twenty Four Hour Christmas Story. Well, I'm sure they just like maybe they'll mix this one in or something. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe it'll be that. I mean, that could be interesting. I would turn that on and leave it on, and just let, let it run. Yeah, let it run. I mean, I won't because I don't have TV. Like I don't have cable, but I would. I'm trying to figure out the timeline here. Because so the original takes place in the 40s. I'm assuming it's late 40s because there's no mention yeah. of like a world like it's very peaceful. Like, I don't know. Not that the movie's like trying to be political or anything. Right. But there's no like our boys are off to war. Like that would have worked in. Somewhere. Right. But. And then this one takes place in 1973. So somehow Ralphie aged 40 years <laughs> in about 25. Because it's been 40 years since the original movie. Yeah, I thought this movie took place in like eighty, like eighty, early eighties. I know, based on, just 70, based seventy three. Yeah, just based on Ralphie, like yeah. just based on how much he's aged. Right. I would, because he's got to be. He was, I'm, I'm imagining he was probably like twelve or something when the original movie came out. Yeah. yeah. And he's, I mean, this is forty years almost when this was made. Peter Brosey's fifty two, so he would have been. I mean, he would have been about eleven, twelve when they when the original mm-hmm. came out. Yeah. I don't know. I was reading it's a lot older than he does look right. Older than yeah, you too, yeah, yeah. I thought it was in the eighties too, but yeah. it it mentioned in here on the calendar it shows seventy three. Yeah, I was reading here that Melinda Dillon, you know, was asked to reprise her role, but she declined because of poor health. So she that's, died a couple months after it came out. Okay, maybe so then. That's what it says. Oh, they, okay, yeah, it does say That's that. That's the rest of that trivia fact there. <laughs> but I guess I am glad that they didn't try to fill Darren McGavin's role. No, like I mean... They, I, they killed him off in the movie. I get that the premise isn't terrible. Right. I guess that. I mean, then I just don't think it really deals very much with... Right. You know, it it kind of starts like, oh, okay, well, maybe they'll do something with it. And uh, just kind of just gets stuck into the repeating the same beats from the original movie. Yeah. But 
Yeah, I I mean, I'm just glad in a sense because Darren McGavin was such a integral part of the first one. Yeah, you can't recast. Like, you can't get that. Yeah, I know they recast the way he is. Mom, and I'm okay-ish with that, but you couldn't have recast the dad. Apparently, there was another sequel besides The Christmas Story, too. Yes, A Summer Story. I was reading about that. I never even Oh, yeah. Well, see, so In God We Trust, All Others Pay Cash by Gene Shepard is what, like I said, is what this is based on. And if you read it, which I have, a lot of the stuff that happens, even in the original Christmas story. So in the book, all of the stuff that happens, even in Christmas story, the original doesn't happen at Christmas. So they've pulled from this book and made it all happen at Christmas. But the oh. East, the bunny suit happens near Easter. Mm-hmm. And so it's all these different stories. It's basically this kid's life and in different months. So I think that's where they were going when they created S- Summer Story or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I've never seen it. I've never even attempted to watch it. Actually, I forgot it existed. But that that I think that's where they are going with it because the original book does have things that don't happen in the first movie, uh-huh. and things that do happen are not actually all at Christmas in the book. I always wondered what the bunny suit, like why that was written into a Christmas movie. I just thought it was. I mean, I thought it was kind of funny. It was like, yeah. oh well, we we have this bunny suit, right? It was just like a rant. Like her mom was, his mom was just like. Your aunt wear it at Easter, but we're yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just because as a kid, it's like sometimes you get really crappy yeah. presents. And it they... fit into them. I mean, they did it well. Yeah, but yeah, the it doesn't all happen at Christmas in the original book. Well, that kind of makes sense, actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I kind of remember seeing this the video. I didn't. I had no idea it was a or sequel summer to story. story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, actually, okay. So, summer story came out before Christmas story too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Christmas Story 2 was like, what, 2006 or something? 2012. 2012. Um, Summer Story was 94. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, there's a big difference there. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know this, but I knew Peter Billingsley was in with the production of it. But he produced this movie with Vince Vaughn mm-hmm. via their Wild West Picture Show Productions. I didn't know they were like in cahoots. Interesting. Vince Vaughn isn't particularly, I don't think is particularly selective about what his production company produces. He just produces things that his friends and people he knows want. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Which is nice, you know. It explains um, this. It what? Explains this. Yeah. <laughs> I obviously like it. You hated it. Yeah, this is like, <laughs> it's not quite, it's not as obnoxious as Tammy. <laughs> <laughs> but. It's it's about as bad. You did oh, say okay. you did tell Ooh. me last week it was a new low. What was the last one I did? Oh, the Black Christmas, the twenty nineteen one. Oh yeah. So the I was reading a quote from like Ebert, and he was like, "There's no this movie isn't it's not the bottom of the barrel. It's not even the barrel. <laughs> <laughs> it exists outside the barrel. <laughs> Those three movies: Kaido, Ugly, Tammy. This or four movies: <laughs> Christmas Story." And the uh, the Black Christmas 2019 are not in the barrel. They're not in the barrel. They have All exited right. the barrel. <laughs> they are running around the barrel the with pitchforks, <laughs> trying to get into the barrel. Now, maybe just maybe, if you had seen Christmas Story two prior, you might appreciate this. You one think more. That, the the movie that, I might like that one more. You never know. Oof. 
I don't. I don't know. Probably it. not. I'm probably gonna hate it equally, but <laughs> <laughs> you never know. I could yeah. be like, oh. Once you're at the bottom of the barrel, it's hard to. Once you're outside the barrel, you really yeah. can't get lower. There is no stratification no, once you're I mean, outside I, the barrel. Uh, I don't know. It's pretty bad. You can't re-enter the barrel. <laughs> Things become less stratified out there. It's just yeah. a nebulous zone of bad. It's just, I, Josh doesn't like it. That's why yeah. it's outside the barrel. Like, we can't. <laughs> no putting that back in the barrel. But I'm glad you like it. I'm glad it brings you joy. I'm glad it make brings you fond memories. And yeah. All that good stuff. You know, every every movie is somebody's favorite movie. Yeah, that's true. For the most part. I mean, I wouldn't say this is my favorite. Oh, I, but maybe not every movie. Story. But, you know, I'm sure there's, there's somebody out there that thinks Freddy Got Fingered is the best movie ever made. You know, like everyone's got their favorite <laughs> movie that yeah. is probably hated by a lot of people. Right, exactly. That is true. Yeah, I... I, and there were some things in this one, like when he goes up to the attic and it's the shade to the leg lamp, like little stuff like that was cool. I thought. I just think it's cheap. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was cool that they still had it. Or if they, or if they bought that in Bulgaria, or if they transported that over there, uh, they bought uh, it at a hot topic and took it. Over probably. There. <laughs> probably because you can't buy the. I need. I need a full size leg lamp. I just have a little lamp. It's no. just tiny, but I put it in my window nonetheless. But it would look a lot cooler if it was full size. Yeah, but you could you could also decorate that for Halloween too. I mean, yeah, you, you could. could just like put some I don't know way to put like some vinyl blood stickies on right. it, make it look like it's bleeding or severed leg. I could just keep it in all year. That's a good yeah. idea. Mm-hmm. I'm hmm. here all day. <laughs> all day. All right. Yeah. So you didn't like it. I did. Yeah, I don't know. I would say. People should give it a try. Who knows if they'll like it? Yeah, just watch the original. Yeah, yeah. definitely watch the original. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess <laughs> that's that's probably the end of this discussion. We agree on that. Watch the yeah. original. Yeah, that is true. That's a good note to end on. Watch the original. Watch the original. So we'll go. We're gonna go to some announcements from the library, mm-hmm. and then we'll come back and discuss Josh's pick, Die Hard. Holidays from all of us in youth services. This is Kendall, and I'm here to bring you an update about our December events. Um, we will continue to have story times as usual on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 10:30 a.m. Um, through December 14th. We are taking this last two weeks of the month off um, due to the holidays, but on Tuesdays we'll have Spanish story time on the 5th and the 12th at 10:30. And on Thursdays, the 7th and the 14th, we'll have Words and Wiggles at 10.30. We will also have a couple of teen programs in the month. On the 6th, we will be showing the movie Home Alone, um, starting at 3.30 after school in Auditorium A for all of those students in grades 6 through 12. And on December 13th, we will be having a holiday party for all of our teenagers, also starting at 3.30 after school. And finally, we would like to announce our... Louis Down Under Christmas Party. This will be happening on Saturday, December the 16th, starting at noon. And we invite you to come here to the library to meet with Santa, as well as Bluey and Ringo. Enjoy some pizza, some stories, um, 
and a good time before we kind of shut down our programming for a few weeks for the holidays. So we hope to see you then and follow us on Facebook for more information about um, upcoming youth events. All right, I'm going to pass it off to Toby. All right. Hi, everyone. In uh, this December, we have just a few programs for adults. Similarly, the last week of December and the first week of January, we don't have a whole lot going on. On December 11th, we will have uh, the last book club for this year, and it's going to be about Elizabeth Acevedo's family lore. So depending on when you're hearing this, you might have time to stop in and pick that up. Book club will be starting again uh, uh, in the new year, but it will be under a different name. So keep your eyes peeled for that and a couple new programming changes we have starting in the new year for adult programs. On December 14th at 4 p.m., we will have a Learn to Crochet Basics class uh, where we will be learning about how to crochet granny squares. You'll be learning from me and uh, another staff member here, Miss Casey. Uh, as we will teach you some very basic uh, crocheting uh, that can then be turned into larger projects very easily. So come on in and check that out if that's ever something you've had interest in. And then on December 18th, we will have a trivia night. So put on your thinking caps and come on in and uh, for a general trivia session and try to win a prize. All right. That's about it. And so we're going to turn the program back over to the, the Real Opposites. All right, so we're back from the announcements, and we're going to go ahead and jump straight into discussing Die Hard. <laughs> yeah. So tell us about Die Hard and why you chose it. Die Hard is the, the warm and cuddly Christmas story <laughs> about a man <laughs> attempting to reconcile with his wife, but being an idiot, and thus <laughs> having to go through hell to win her back. Mm-hmm. I mean that that yeah. definitely describes it. And it takes place at Christmas. Yeah. On Christmas Eve. During a Christmas party. Thus Christmas movie. Yeah. I don't know. Like it's heartwarming at the end. Sure. Yeah. And then there's terrorists. Right. And they get killed mm-hmm. by John McClane. I watch Die Hard every year. I have for a long time. Mm-hmm. It's one of those I've just watched at least once a year. Like I'll even before I started doing it, like on Christmas Eve, got to watch Die Hard, which I broke my rule this year because I went to go see it in theaters this past weekend, and it was awesome. The picture in town was terrific. It was just great to see it. In the yeah, experience. it wasn't like a ton of people, but the people that were there laughed at every joke. Like I don't know, like it was there a was a couple of people, like a couple of people were talking, like saying the lines. Yeah, was like it was fun. And watching it again on the big screen, it's like. It was kind of like watching it for the first time, getting to see it projected, you know, on the screen. The sound was really dynamic, and it was just very, like, can't focus on anything else. Right. Because there's been some years, like, well, okay, I'll put Die Hard on, and I'll do something else or whatever, yeah. you know, because it's Die Hard. But when watching it again, I was just like, man, <laughs> thing is perfect. <laughs> like... Just the way it's structured, the 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 the, the way it's shot, the the editing, like the those like ten minutes that lead up to John jumping off the building while the the helicopters are about to shoot, like he's trying to get everyone off the the roof. Right. And he ties the um the the fire, hose. the fire hose 
to his belt to his waist and like the music it's just like it keeps building and building and building and it's just like and and like that 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 that's some of the best 10 minutes in film and any film i don't care like the orchestration of of all of that yeah to create that that sequence is top top notch and actually believe it or not that was so I just finished reading this book called The Last Action Heroes. Mm-hmm. And it kind of goes through, mostly in the 80s, it kind of starts in the 70s a little bit into basically Arnold, Stallone, Willis, Chuck Norris, Van Damme, and Seagal. Oh, okay. And Jackie Chan. And believe it or not, that was Bruce, Willis, Bruce Willis's first shot <laughs> in the movie. Oh, wow. It was him jumping off the um, the roof. Which, I mean, he's jumping onto a platform mm-hmm. several feet below. But there's a giant fireball behind right. him. That's his first shot in the movie. And they're, he's talking about how they're, like, greasing him up and putting the, the fire, uh, the flame retardant stuff on him. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's like, because he's, he's never done a movie. This is his first movie. Oh, he's his a first lead. ever movie? Yeah. He was paid $5 million for oh, wow. this movie because he was coming off Moonlighting, mm-hmm. which he was shooting at the same time. Moonlighting was huge. That movie was, I mean, that show was just killing it. The ratings, everyone, it was like water cooler. Back when you, it was actually like a water cooler talk. It wasn't just everyone on their phones. Right. And so he, like they offered him like $3 million or something at the start. He's like, he really didn't want to do it. He was like, no, tell him I'll take five. And they, they kind of called his bluff. Oh, wow. And That's um, so he shows up on the first day. He's not used to any of this stuff. Because he shot this at night and he'd shoot moonlighting during the day. Yeah. And they start putting the stuff on him. He's like, what's this stuff? And they're like, this is the flame retardant gel so you don't catch on fire. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, what? (laughs) But anyway, uh, highly recommend that book too. It's a lot of fun if you love 80s action movies. But just like, just the realization of how they really don't make movies like this anymore right. it's just so the the craftsmanship behind every shot behind every cut like john mctiernan came from uh mostly a theater director mm-hmm. and he made this movie called nomad with pierce brosnan which like didn't really do much and then he made predator the year before with arnold and jesse ventura and like just it's one of my favorite movies too but he always brings just there's there's a craftsmanship to his films like he had this great run, Predator, Die Hard, and Hunt for Red October, within the span of like three years. Yeah, and those are three of the best, like just action adventure thriller movies, because I think he does work so well with the the actors. Like the, you know, for all the the pyrotechnics and all the action, the thing that you people really remember the most from Die Hard are the characters. Right, it's, it's McLean and Gruber. But even that, like even even without those two anchors, like Bonnie Bedelia is really great. As as uh, his wife, mm-hmm. uh, you've got Ellis, the the coked up kind of Wall Street dude. Yeah, you know? um, all the all of the henchmen are very like clearly established and like memorable. I I love Alexander Gudinov. I love the moment when I'm just going to talk about. This. We can fill this up for 15 hours and just talk about I, Die Hard. Yeah. I haven't and, even spoken <laughs> like Alexander Gudinov. Like when he comes back and he ha- he hasn't killed McLean, mm-hmm. and he starts just jamming his gun into the bar. And 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 um, his wife's just like John's alive. Only he, right? Someone that angry. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that was a good part. I mean, there's just so many like the the action and the choreography and the the stunts are almost just secondary to 
to the script and yeah. to how memorable the characters are. So I, I, I love Die Hard to Death. I think it's just one of the best movies. I think it's, it's, it never get really gets old. Mm-hmm. Year after year, it, uh, it makes me very happy. I love Die Hard. Yeah. Well, that's good. What did you think about Die Hard? <laughs> I know you don't like action movies. That's what I was trying to get. I, I'm not huge on action, but I didn't hate it. Okay, uh, I'll take it. I mean, I think I think I might have enjoyed it a little bit. Oh, um, I think you might have enjoyed it. First of all, yeah, it's one of those ones where I'm like, I may have enjoyed it. I, <laughs> I might have to watch it again to see for sure if I okay. enjoyed it, but I think I did. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but. The Aaron had an existential crisis while watching Die Hard <laughs> and is unsure of his opinion. I will tell you the one thing I am sure of. I was so excited to see Carl Winslow. <laughs> He's uh, great. He's another Reginald character. Bell Johnson. He's totally memorable. He is. And he, I mean, he just plays a cop so well. I absolutely he love does. him. I guess that's how he, was family matters before this or after? When, what year was this? This is 88. When did Family Matters start? I wonder if, because I wonder if they saw him oh, in this. Yeah, I don't know. And they're like, you know, you know who played a good cop? Reginald Vale Johnson. Yeah, I'm gonna look this up real. Quick. Yeah, do that. But I was, I was so excited to see him. Like I love him. Anything I've seen him in, I love him. It's great. Yeah, I mean he's he's like one of those guys when he pops up in a movie, like oh Reginald yeah. Vale Johnson, nice. And it, and it probably is because I watched Family Matters so much. They totally picked him from this. Family Matters started the next year. Yeah. They totally that's were just ho- like, that's great. We need the cop from Die Hard. Yeah. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> but I, so I was excited to see him. <laughs> Robert Davi is an odd choice for this <laughs> African American family. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Reginald Bell Johnson. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, overall, I mean, I think the movie is, is decent. It, the only reason I'm like, did I like this? It's an action movie, but it had a lot of good jokes. It had a lot of good character, um, character development as far as like Bruce Willis's character and the wife, uh, Bonnie, Bonnie Bedelia. Yeah. Holly. I don't know why I can't remember her name there for a second. Yeah. But I, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I enjoyed it. Uh, woo. <laughs> Oh, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. <laughs> Look forward to next our New Year's episode coming up soon. Bye. Um, Bye. <laughs> well, let's just jump into the the elephant in the room. The debate oh, of whether a it's a Christmas movie, movie okay. or not. So you think it's a Christmas movie, obviously. Because I watch it every Christmas Eve. Right. There's, there's nothing else I need. No, just <laughs> and at first, I would disagree with you. Okay. But there are so many Christmas elements in the movie. Yeah. That definitely make it a Christmas movie. It's essential to the film. Yeah. First of all, it's like a, not really a deadbeat dad, but not a great one. Well, I mean, he's definitely got some issues. Right. That's and what I'm saying. And it... he has issues with the wife, so he's trying to surprise her. But I don't know if Christmas he's like a deadbeat. Eve. Like, she moves across... Well, Right, job, that's what so I say. It's, like, it's not necessarily he Debbie, loves. He clearly but, loves his kids, and he wants to see right. his kids. And but there's issues there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like a dad with issues. And you can see, like, that's what I love about the little. Sorry, what I love about the little moments, like where she's just like, you know, we have the we have a room. 
kids will love to see you. Right. And it's like, oh. And then he just puts his foot right in his mouth. And and I like the little beat after that. That's the thing that, that the thing is so memorable and so smart about the movie is it focuses on the little moments mm-hmm. where there's a little bit of character introspection. Like after she leaves the room, he's just like knocks his head a couple times against the wall, like, God, you idiot. Just yeah. keep your mouth shut. <laughs> right. But so it it has that some kind of trouble there, and then he's trying to like surprise her on Christmas Eve. There is Christmas decorations in the building. I mean, it's a Christmas party. Yeah, and there is um, Christmas music. Yeah. Also, let's not forget he flew three thousand miles to be with his kids. Right. Like, so I mean, he's definitely like. Yeah, I, I not deadbeat. That was the wrong word. I think more of his issues is like him and his wife. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah not yeah. so much the dad part. Yeah. But just there's issues yeah, there, yeah. and that uh, a lot of Christmas movies have that. Yeah, and I mean it's all uh, sorry, and it's all about like you know them reconciling, right? Exactly. End. And there's probably still going to be issues because they haven't really talked this stuff through, right? <laughs> They're just happy that hey, you're not dead, I'm not dead, exactly. This is great. Yeah. So I I would agree with you that I think this is a Christmas movie. Yeah. You know, it, it's the same as something like Black Christmas. Just because it's not your typical Hallmark movie doesn't mean it's not a Christmas movie. It has to have certain elements yeah, I to mean, be a Christmas movie. Yeah. And, you know, I, I have seen some that are debatable, and I can't mention, I can't think of one right now, but, you know, just because it has a Christmas tree in the background no, that doesn't, doesn't make it a Christmas movie. No, that doesn't, that doesn't make it a Christmas movie. Like, but it this has... one has a whole Christmas-related story. Yeah, you I mean, know, it's, it's that's the whole point of him traveling. It's it's Christmas Eve. It's to be with his family at Christmas, right? It's just the you know, it's the very violent version of planes, trains, automobiles, right? <laughs> he just gets. I mean, honestly, you know, and and I mean, it is like it's it's woven throughout the whole movie. Even yeah. like the there's moments in the score where there's like a little jingle or exactly. It's it's, I mean, I, I just it just screams Christmas to me. Like it not, yeah. it's not Christmas. It does mean like it's not Christmas if I don't see Hans Gruber fall off the Nakatomi Plaza. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I mean, uh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say. I mean, I think I think that's what it is. Is there's so much Christmas throughout? It does make it a Christmas movie, and I feel like maybe people that don't think it's a Christmas movie expects certain things out of a Christmas movie. I'm fine with a scary Christmas movie, like a horror yeah. Christmas movie. That's not your typical Christmas movie, but it doesn't mean it's not a Christmas movie. This is an action Christmas movie. I mean, there's movie. a Christmas movie for every audience. Right. If you want a horror movie, you can have, you know... Krampus, Black Christmas. Black Christmas. Krampus. Yeah. I mean, um, there's there's plenty. If you want a more, like, a, a little darker comedy, you know, you mm-hmm. get stuff like Scrooged. If you right. want a you know, family movie, you've got Christmas Story or... Uh, you know, there's tons of those. Yeah. Elf. Oh, Fred, yeah. Fred Plenty Calls, of those. Who knows? I'd whatever. like to throw in my favorite Christmas horror movie is Rare Exports. And I still think y'all should watch that at some point in time. It's a little bit more almost like on the Gremlins line of Christmas horror. Yeah. Like it's, got it's a little, little dark. It's darker than Gremlins. It's darker than Gremlins. But I think it's just because it's like Norwegian, Finnish. Yeah. And their it's view cold. on Christmas is a little bit darker than... Ours is. Yeah, I mean, it definitely has like Krampus that, parades and stuff yeah, like over Krampus there. Par- like, yeah. It, it has know. more of the vibe of like Krampus. Like yeah. Movie. It's pretty good. I, it's like a, uh, I like that one. Silent Sorry. Night, Deadly Night. Silent Night, Deadly Night's a good one. I love one. that one. 
But yeah, so I mean, I think there's, I mean, there's definitely Christmas movies of all kinds, and I think that's that's perfectly fine. You know, you have these horror movies, and you know, I think a lot of people think they're not Christmas movies because they're horror, but it used to be that people told ghost stories at Christmas, like I mean, that was a big thing. That's what a Christmas Carol is, right? Like it's it should be scary. It's trying to scare right exactly scare the the living hell out of him, yeah, to change his ways. You know, like so I don't. I, I definitely agree with you. This is a Christmas movie. It has the Christmas tropes throughout with the music and the decorations and even the story, you know, making it back to his wife for Christmas Eve, trying to repair things with her. Yeah. Uh, you know, and he just has a lot of bumps along the road. Yeah. I mean, the, like that, any Christmas movie. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's, well, that's why Hans Gruber and his team are like, because they're the only ones in the building and they mm-hmm. need the Nakatomi. Uh, so, you know, what better time? Right. It's let, there's not a lot of staff. There's minimal security. Right. So it's Christmas is woven into the whole film. Exactly. And it's just kind of weird. They released it in July. I mean, it's a big action movie, so I get yeah. it. But I was so happy they played it in December this year in theaters. Yeah. That's it was like cool. nationwide too. Yeah. I kind of wish I would have went to that. But yeah, I mean, I, I just like, so um, Jan de Bont was the cinematographer mm-hmm. on this one. And that's what I was really noticing is uh, he also, he ended up directing Speed. Okay. Um, he was a director of photography on like this. And I think also Hunt for October, also McTiernan, Basic Instinct. Mm-hmm. So he was like one of the top cinematographers working in movies. And then he directed Speed, which is huge. And then he directed Twister. Oh, okay. Great movie. I love that movie. And I just love his, the framing and the lighting and the way it's, it's very old fashioned filmmaking where you have several shots in one take in yeah. one shot, like the camera moves and you're following this and it's pointing your direction here. Mm-hmm. And then, cause that's what filmmaking is. It's not the same as stage. You have to have something that's pulling your eye this way and showing you what you, what the director wants you to see. Right. Um, you can do that in a still in a shot, you know, just a, a static shot, but the actors have to really move and put in more work. But I just love the way that he frames everything, edits it. Everything's very clear. You know where everyone is, what's going mm-hmm. on, which is important in a film like this where your lead character is crawling in vents and going all right. over the building trying to evade the terrorists. And then, I mean, there's just so many great lines too. There is, yeah. Like nine million terrorists in the world. And I got to kill one with uh, shoes a feet smaller than my sister's, you know, <laughs> there's so many, there's so many great lines. Yeah. And, you know, I love how they were, they woven, um, uh, Ode to Joy too. Like when they get the, like that's woven into the, mm-hmm. and then when they open the vault, it's like, you know, yeah. it goes big. And I always loved that moment when I was a kid and I still, that's one of my favorite moments in the movie. And then all this stuff with, I don't know, I just, I could just gush over the movie. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I, and and like I said, I mean, normally I don't like action movies, but every once in a while there's an action movie that it's done well yeah. in the sense that, yes, it's an action movie, but there's still so much story to it. There is, and I feel like this one, like it's an action movie, but it leans heavy into thriller. Right. Like action thriller. Uh, yeah, I would it's, say so too. It's not just like Arnold mowing down 200 people at exactly. the end of Commando. It's like there's real stakes and... Your your protagonist is is fallible and he screws up and he is, you know, 
just barely together at the end. Like, oh yeah, it's that's and, I did and, love that when he came out at the end. Yeah, and she's just like, oh my gosh, like he's just yeah, he like is. he is beaten and bruised like, and all that, all that wore sh- down. All that shot, you just see him in silhouette in the back, and there's like flames going on in the back, and there's yeah. um, uh, there's like papers flying around, and he's got the gun, and he's just like barely waddling towards them. And he goes. Hans! Yeah. <laughs> and, and she's just like, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like, and and also this was um, Alan Rickman's first movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, because he was mostly just a stage actor over in England. And I forget what McTiernan saw him in, or his agent suggested it. You know, he tests for it. And he's not what you'd expect at all. Like, he's the exact opposite of... What a terror! Like he's elegant, and there's just so many little. It's the little details, like you know, where he's telling him about his suit, and he's like, "I have two myself." Yeah, you know? there's just <laughs> little moments that really tell you who this guy is. Yeah, and that you don't have to spend a lot of time on dialogue. Just a couple lines tells you everything you need to know. Yeah, and it's it, that efficiency of storytelling of screenwriting is kind of lost anymore. Like they just will. Yeah, it's just tons of plot side plots and all this crap and you don't need it yeah and this one that's something i did like is you do get character development without you know that's why i like tv is normally you get character development throughout a season yeah but this one had character development with little dialogue like you said Mm -hmm. it's very focused on what's going on but it is also giving you little tidbits so that you feel for a character or you feel you know you know the character and how they are yeah and i think this movie does that well it's you still the big picture is still very focused yeah but you're getting these tidbits instead of side stories yeah the story rare like the movie never rarely stops right and when it stops it stops for a reason like the scene with where he's in the bathroom after he's his feet are all uh Mm -hmm. glassed up you know he's been running on the glass and he has that little moment where um Reginald Bell Johnson, um, pal, tells him, you know, about that he shot a kid and that's why he's on, yeah. you know, that's why he is who he is. And he tells him that if he doesn't make, you know, McLean tells him if he doesn't make it, tell Holly that, you know, I'm sorry. Right. Like, and when it stops, it stops for a reason. It's not yeah. just, and, it's just perfectly paced. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. I think even though it kind of stops story-wise in a way, I, I don't think it feels like it stops because it still fits in. It still makes sense that he would have this touching moment with the cop that he's been talking to. Yeah. He's the only person um, that he's been talking to. Because stuff has been going down. Like, yeah. it's getting worse. Yeah. <laughs> so it definitely makes sense that at that point, during a little break that he's given himself, mm. that's what would happen. Yeah. So I think, you know, it doesn't, it's not the kind of stop you get with all kinds of side plots. In a no, movie. I mean, it's still, it's still compelling. Right. If, if the movie's not thrilling and moving in action, then it's, then it's character. Like, right. And it has just the amount of, tells you everything you need to know up front about who everyone is and then just get the business. Like right. They they started coming in and taking control of the building, and then boom, you're off. And then I don't know, like th- th- so when I what used to watch this as a kid, and I probably saw this when I was like 
I don't know, four. seven or eight. <laughs> well, four. No, four. It wouldn't even have been out yet. Oh. Uh, but this was one of the first movies, even though I'd probably seen like Taxi Driver and Extras. For some reason, this one really struck me, the language. Just mm-hmm. how much he says the F word and yeah. MFR and all this stuff. I was like, man, I say that a lot. This is cool. Because <laughs> <And laughs> it's more like just the, the the casual way he says it. Where right. One of my favorite parts is when he's having the fight with Carl. And I love Carl. Alexander Gudinoff, who sadly passed away a few years after this movie. Mm-hmm. He was a famous, I think, Olympic ice skater. Oh, okay. He says hardly anything in the movie and he's totally like commands the screen, but he's having this fight and he's like taking him up the stairs and he's like got him in a headlock and he's just hitting him. And yeah. He's like, I'm going to take you home. I'm going to cook you. I'm going to eat you. He's, there's some F words <laughs> in there too. And it's, it's like, it's like, even during that, it's just like, it's just so f- funny. And it is. And, 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 and I buy his, that's the thing with one liners is I really buy his one-liners in the movie, his moments. Like he's just desperate, and he's just like so worked up and angry. I get what he's saying. Like it makes sense that he would say that, and like yeah. his inner monologue because he doesn't have anybody else to talk to aside from Pal. He's just talking like you know, come out to the ghost. We'll have some, de-, you know. Like I get that he would say that. Yeah. It it all feels uh, right. Yeah. You know, it doesn't feel forced. I think that that's part of it too, is it does feel natural and it, it makes it, you could definitely put yourself in his shoes mm-hmm. and see where he's coming from. I mean, I've never, you know, fought terrorists in a large building yet, yet. Um, <laughs> but, uh, that, that, that's what I was saying. Like <laughs> <laughs> Aaron um, booby. but and so i think and that's what i was saying with where it does pause and he talks to carl winslow it's just carl winslow for for a little bit i could see myself doing that having that touching moment after you know all that's been going on yeah like you he's kind of run down and it's just it's natural. Yeah, I mean, he's bleeding to death at that point. Right, like, exactly. And I don't know. I mean, just beyond the fact that I, I think it's just like a perfect action movie, like it's it's a seminal film. There was, for years after this, like the first half of the 90s especially, it was like die hard on a this, die hard on a that. You know, die yeah. hard on, you know, there's tons of movies like Passenger 57, die hard on a plane, Under Siege, die hard on a military craft, uh, air, or uh, um Naval craft, you know, uh, even speed is essentially die hard on a bus. Now, speed's one of the examples where I think it's just as good as die hard because yeah, it's, like it's so just relentless and never stops. Right. Um, and the chemistry between Keanu and Sandra Bullock and then Dennis Hopper, like it's just, it's top. Yeah. Um, but there were so many ripoffs. It kind of, I think it's for a while, it kind of got diluted. Mm-hmm. Where you go, but oh well, I've seen this. There's terrorists again, and they're taking this, and they're hostages, and uh. but none of them really did it quite as well. Aside from, I mean, every once in a while, it'd be like speed, but right. I kind of, I mean, I, I really, but even then, it makes me nostalgic for those movies. Like Under Siege isn't a great movie. Tommy Lee Jones is great in it. Yeah, but I'm still kind of nostalgic for those because they're they're stripped back. They don't, they're not trying to have a message, or they're not right. trying to. 
overcomplicate things. And so many action movies anymore try to do that. That's why I love Fury Road so much is it just strips everything back and it's just, it's action movement and yeah. characters moving forward. It's what John Wick was so refreshing because the first one, because it was just, you know, retired hitman has a wife, mm -hmm. wife dies, wife buys him a dog as a grieving present before she passes. Dog gets killed by mobsters. Man goes kills people yeah. who killed his dog. Right. I get that. They don't need any more than that. Yeah. I'm, I'm on board. And then the rest of the movies are just, they, they, they do what every other action movie, they just keep having more and more right. plot and all this crap and I don't need any of it. And they just end up being like stunt reels. Yeah. And I think there's, they people should look back to more, to stuff like Die Hard or Speed where there's a tendency in modern action movies to do long takes of fight sequences, especially. Yeah. And they get really dull. Mm -hmm. um, I agree with that. I know. Well, you, you saw John Wick 4. You know what yeah. I'm talking about. Like, there's this endless sequences where nothing is happening. Like, there's no, you have to edit things right. so that you feel the punch or you feel the kick. If I'm just got a wide shot, that's fine, but you didn't have to cut in every once in a while or you have to change the angle yeah. to make it interesting. Otherwise, it just looks kind of, it just looks like a stunt reel. It just looks like they're practicing the choreography. Yes. And that's what they do so well in this. It's like every cut is is meaningful and it like just adds to the impact of the action and the stunts. Yeah. So that's my little action movie rant. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. Make more and, movies like Die Hard. Yeah, and I, I would agree because like I said, I'm not an action movie person, but the more we've talked about this, I think I've kind of come to the conclusion that conclusion that I did like it. I know at the beginning I was a little didn't know for sure. It happens a lot. Um, we start talking about it. You're like, yeah, I know. I like that movie. Yeah. More than I thought it but so, I mean, I, I like this one and I loved speed when I saw it when I was younger. Yeah. I need to go back and watch that one. I haven't seen it other than probably one time, but it's, it holds up. It's, it's yeah. Great but movie. I liked it and it, because it had the right kind of action. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's not necessarily just shootouts and fights. Right. It's That's like, what I don't like. Yeah. It's dealing with, I mean, this, this has more, Die Hard has more of that, but it's just because. But it makes sense. It makes sense because there's terrorists. It's, right. There's not just a bomb on a bus. Right. And like Speed does the great, it kind of removes that element and just mm -hmm. makes him, how do I disarm this bomb? Right. On the bus. You know, it's not a, it's not really a shoot em up. Now that I'm thinking about it, that's really impressive that they, there's hardly any. Like battles, like gun violence in the yeah. movie. It's all just, huh? Man, Speed's a good movie. Yeah, I need to, I need to watch it again. Uh, I rarely see that level of thought put into. I get the thought put into the choreography and the stunt work, but mm -hmm. there should be more plot put in, more thought put yeah. into. Why are we making this movie? What is this saying? Um, what are these characters? What are the stakes? How do we make right. this more? Suspenseful, because I think ultimately action and suspense go hand in hand. Yes, um, uh, that's when I like it, at least. Yeah, where you're really like you can put yourself in their shoes, or uh, or not in this case, <laughs> right? Um, and <laughs> and their cut up feet. Yeah, and like if you if you can see yourself there, you can get more involved in it. Then it makes it more exhilarating. Right. So. Yeah, and I think this movie does it well, and it's it. There's a lot of action. There is. There are shootouts. There's, but it all just is done well, and it's timed correctly, and it, and it makes sense. 
it's the action movies that don't have a story in a bad way that and it's just hey i'm gonna shoot all these people yeah like that's what john wick is it, yes okay. john wick 4 was absolutely that's horrible two and three in my are. Opinion. yeah it was awful i i finally made it through it after about a year or whenever i don't know, whenever that movie came out feels like it, it was maybe. earlier this year well i finally made it through i've watched about half yeah. and then i finished it it was god awful and you know i can only watch someone get not so many like 400 headshots in a movie so many times yeah like, it just gets boring well even on john wick 4 the towards the end when they're fighting up the stairs that was oh yeah that was one of the worst things ever i hated that because it was just never ending it, like it did. <laughs> they'd almost be at the top and you'd be like yes this fight scene's over and then they'd fall back down and start again yeah and it's just like it felt like a video game it felt like i'm mario yeah mario 64 going up those endless <laughs> stairs i'm like dude i get i get the joke you don't have to extend it to like right. six minutes long yeah like, it was way too long just have the stairs be like another flight like oh he's got down but then he's just got to get like eight steps up and he's right. there like <sighs> yeah. that, that whole thing, that whole scene is like a metaphor for those movies. Like that's just, what I was going to say. That exactly is why I normally say I don't like action yeah. movies. Oh well, no, I don't like those action movies. Yeah, um, maybe you can make a movie that's like like Jackie Chan, like with you know plot story or kind of secondary, mm-hmm. but the the appeal. I don't know if you've ever seen like any Jackie movies, aside from maybe Rush Hour. I've seen Rush Sh- Hour, Shanghai Noon, maybe. Anyway. I don't know. Maybe, maybe but, not. <laughs> like the appeal is he tells the story in the action. Right. And it's just getting to watch him do his thing and all manner of implement he uses. And he knows when to cut because he spends, I mean, he'll spend weeks shooting a sequence. Yeah. And he, it's very fine tuned and makes them funny. And, you know, you go, ah, like when yeah. he hurts himself, which is frequent. Not even though those movies are light on story, and they're not three hours long either, so right. that helps. I don't know if I want to watch a three hour long Jackie Chan movie. Yeah. Um. So I mean, I don't know. They just it really makes me nostalgic for this era of action movies because I yeah. think even when they're just cheesy like Commando, they're still they're just fun. Yeah. Like, they're just fun to watch. And they know don't overstay their welcome, right? You know, like that's ninety minutes. It's ridiculous and it's absurd, but that's the point. And a lot of them anymore just feel humorless and dull. Yeah. So, so it's my second action movie rant. Ness just popped in my head, but a question. Yeah. Uh, Twister is that a like a thriller? Or is that action? What What is that? I would call that like a disaster movie almost. Oh, okay. I mean, I guess it's, it's technically action. Yeah. I was just going to say, I mean, that's one of my favorite movies I would of all time. Maybe more like adventure. Okay. Disaster slash adventure. Yeah. Rated PG-13 for intense depictions yeah. of violent weather, <laughs> I think it's what, <laughs> whatever that, whatever you want to classify right. that as, it's some sort of adventure movie. Oh, okay. I was just curious because I was just thinking like that's one of my favorite movies of all time and, and it's kind of adventure action-ish. Yeah. Um, the suck zone yes i love philip seymour often in that he's so funny yeah he is and going back to where we were talking about uh, christmas story 2 that's another movie that they're making a sequel to that i don't know how i feel about christmas story christmas No, no no twister oh twister yeah uh 
Yeah, that, I've heard that for a while. I don't know if it comes out next year. Or... Yes, I believe so. Ugh. And it's called Twisters. intentional <laughs> that was awesome <laughs> yeah i'm not excited about twister sequel either i don't yeah. i don't think that's gonna be good now i mean well the whole appeal of twist like again what got you in this in the in the theater is like oh wow they've learned th- to do things with it's kind of like a jurassic park moment yeah. yeah they've learned to do things with special effects and that came out it was incredible i think yeah. it still holds up pretty well it does but when you got in it's like Oh, Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt, Philip yeah. Seymour Hoffman, like the whole like little crew and Carrie Ells. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're memorable. And you're like, you know, there's, and they, and they really create and sustain the sequences of suspense. Right. You know, and, and spectacle like that, you know, you don't need another. Yeah. You know, there's been so many copycats too. They did that like Into the Storm a few years ago. Yeah. That was awful. I mean, there for a while they were making tons of disaster movies. After like it, Twister and Independence Day, man, they were putting out tons of disaster movies. Oh yeah, Armageddon, Dante's Peak, Volcano, yeah, Deep Impact. Deep Impact's really good though. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Ugh. Yeah, I know. It's gonna suck. I, I, I mean, I will definitely go see it in theaters. Um, it, and I'll take my dad because that's just something we've always watched together. But it just makes me nervous and just. Touching a movie that's so good. Um, I don't know. That was a random way off topic thing, but oh, I mean, <laughs> but it's movies, and that's what we talk about. <laughs> it is. Let me see. They got the guy that made Minari to make this Twisters. Oh, I don't even know what Minari is. Well, it's just I still haven't seen it. Um, but it's um, it's a Korean film. It's like this little like a family film, mm-hmm. a family drama. Uh. With uh, Steven Yun from mm-hmm. um, uh, Mayhem and Walking Dead. Oh, okay. I think it won some Oscars, maybe foreign language film or something. But anyway, what about that tells you he's going to make a twist? Right. Just like I don't totally know. different. Anyway, uh, yeah, the cast looks like just like nobody. Like, well, they got the guy that's going to be Superman, the next Superman, Kieran Shipka, and uh, Glenn Powell. I don't know. That's going to be awful. None of those people. Or Bill Bill Paxton or Helen Hunt, right? Or Phil yeah, Zimmer. I mean, there I don't. Right, two of them are dead, right? Like, <laughs> but still, yeah, I'm not paying to watch. I know it's thing like modern. Those are fashion models. That yeah, are trying to be actors, right? Yeah. Why does everyone have to be like look like they were AI created in a? That's the world we live in now. It's disgusting. Yeah, it is. That's what I like. People look like people. Right, Bruce Willis isn't which we like, talked about before. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm sorry. No, no. I'm saying that it it's a reoccurring theme. Yeah. Nowadays, uh, you know, Al Powell would look like Tay Diggs or something. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Not Reginald Bell Johnson. And I also feel like there being a preference for casting people who are more attractive in roles leads to sometimes casting people who are less talented in roles. There's a reason we like, I mean, I don't feel like we have actors that are quite the same caliber as like, you know, like Jack Nicholson or like, and he's, or even, um, Oh, wow. 
Hans Gruber. Why is his name uh, Alan, Alan Rickman? Rickman? And that not that Alan Rickman's not a handsome man. He is, but I don't think he would be cast as much today. No. As he would as he was uh, like, and he's well, insanely talented. And well, so I think like, with I think with villains, it's a little different. It is. Um, it is. Yeah. But still, and he is like he's. I mean, he's kind of sexy. Yeah. Like his voice and everything. Right. Like Alan Rickman's, and he's a handsome guy. Yeah. And his like demeanor, you know, that's what's kind of appealing about him. But yeah, I mean, like it would be some twenty-eight-year-old model right. cast as McLean, not Bruce Willis, who you know, yeah, looks like he pounds a bottle when he gets home. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, movies were better. <laughs> I, I don't disagree. <laughs> but anyway, um, I think that's why a lot of British films, I think, are still have. I mean, are known for having better actors is because they they don't they're less concerned with looks, less concerned yes, with how you they look. Are. They're more concerned that you can play the right yeah. the role. Still waiting for Judy Dench to be in the next Charlie's Angel reboot. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you can just, you can maybe just AI happen. a CG her head on someone else, and there you go. <laughs> so I think for us, obviously, you love this movie. I liked it. Um, we're in agreement that it is a Christmas movie. Yeah, I think absolutely. 100% it's a Christmas movie. As much of a Christmas movie as other movies I've seen and watched. I mean, it's just the violent version of a, It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's true. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's not like, you know, you think about McLean, like where he's at, like he, that, that boy's eating Hungry Man dinners. He's probably going to put a bullet in his mouth in a few years. Um, yeah. So, yeah. 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 At, at the end of the day, like this, this, you know, like if you go into the second one, like they're together, like they're married, like, you know, they're still married and they're living together yeah. or whatever. So this really did like probably save his life in the long run. Right. It's a very classic like Christmas movie trope, right? The father that's too... Too busy. Too busy to in on his like job and like isn't yeah. able to make time for his family. Because that's and, his big like, excuse is he's got like a... Job a backlog of yeah. cases and everything, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the magic of Christmas bringing the family together. Right. This time, the magic of Christmas is terrorist in Nakatobi Plaza. But you know, I think it it works. It definitely yeah. is a like Christmas trope that it's playing on. That's and I, I think yeah. I think it's I'm I'm solidly in the Die Hard is a Christmas movie camp. Our powers combined. I, th- I think we've got <laughs> got that together. Yeah. So, you like Die Hard? I did. I'm very happy with that. It makes me... It's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> uh, so, thanks for giving it a shot. Yeah. Sorry I didn't like Christmas Story, Story, whatever it's called. Christmas uh, Story, Christmas. Christmas Story, Christmas. Yeah. Uh, like it matters. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just messing with you. <laughs> like, uh, I'm sorry I didn't like it more, but I just didn't. Yeah. Um, well, your points of it were valid. So 100% true. As yeah, you say. Hundred percent sure. <laughs> anyway, uh so we're gonna pick for our next podcast, I guess. Yeah. Um yeah, I guess we'll yeah, that's what we need to do. Wrap this up and again, a hundred percent agreement. Uh-huh. Yeah. So next time will be our first episode of twenty twenty four. It will come out on New Year's Day. 
just the perfect way to start your new year. Exactly. With us. Uh, with us talking about New Year's movies. Yeah. Man, I couldn't imagine a better way. It's no better way. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to it on New Year's Day. That's how I want to start my my year. Listening to myself. The new year will put us at exactly two years of doing this. It's crazy. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, our last, our one, our first one released on like December 30th, basically. Yeah. So. That's wild. That's something. It's been interminable. <laughs> <laughs> so. It's been, it's been awesome. This is the highlight of my. I know. I love it. Every week. So we're going to do New Year's movies. And this was so hard for me because. I haven't seen a lot of New Year's movies, so I Googled, like, New Year's movies. and It's definitely not as easy as, like, Christmas movies. No, for sure it's not. But it kind of opens you up to more, There's, I think there's a wider variety, and to a certain extent, of yeah. movies you could classify w- as New Year's movies. Right. I would agree with that. And also, I think it opens you up to a lot of horrible movies, because there were a lot that were, like, in the best list that I still was like, mm, not picking that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. But... <laughs> I did pick one, and I haven't seen it. Oh, I don't know. I've either seen parts of it, or I've seen the trailer. I can't remember which. I think I watched the trailer at one point. Hit me with uh, it. What? Hit me with it. So I chose a 2014 movie called A Long Way Down. I have no idea what this is. I think think they said it was a a British movie. Um, But it has Pierce Brosnan, Tony Collette, Imogen Poots, Aaron Paul... So, okay. yeah, it has, like, an okay cast. Okay, I love me some Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, and and it's based on the book by Nick Hornby. Okay. So, usually his stuff is pretty good. Um, I haven't read it, of course. But, basically, it, it seems like it's about, it's New Year's Eve, and there's four different people. Their lives are, you know, separate, but they all are going to this building to jump off. Okay. And then it kind of goes from there how they, it seems like they may kind of become a family of their own. And I've seen this. Yeah. I think, I don't remember if it's any good, but I've definitely seen yeah, it. Um, well, they make like a pact that basically they won't jump. That they won't jump. Like that. Yeah. Uh, and at least for, I think they say for like another year or whatever. Oh, okay. And then, yeah. Yeah. So, but it happens at New Year's that this, you know, starts and I, this is one that I think is a different style than you would expect from a New Year's movie. Okay. How you were saying there are different types. Yeah. Oh, Sam Neill. But I, I mean. Jesus. The cast. Yeah. And I think this is about how I feel when it comes to New Year's. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I felt like it was just the perfect pick for me. I haven't seen it um, that I know of. So it will be a first watch for for us. Okay. Um. I'm looking forward to that. That actually sounds pretty good. Yeah, I'm actually excited to watch it. I think I'm going to change my vote real quick. Okay. Or my movie. Okay. Well, good news. You haven't mentioned it, so you can. Do I want to? Look at y'all being good. You always talk about this beforehand. We didn't this time. That's also because I picked this like one minute before we came in here. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, so that sounds like a fun movie. Uh-huh. I'm looking forward to that, which is shocking. Um, <laughs> and so I'm going to pick another Arnold classic. Okay. 
<laughs> Classic. <laughs> I'm going to pick End of Days. Okay. Which is a horror film. Okay. So the other one's going to be a horror film, but I think it's too close to Black Christmas, so we're going to back off on that for a little bit. Um, so it's about, uh, you know, like The Omen? Yeah. It's similar in, like... You know, it came out in 99, so there's this whole, like, Y2K, the world's going to end. Like, mm-hmm. there's all this kind of, like, hysteria over that. Right. <clears throat> kind of, it's woven into the movie. It all takes place around New Year's, like, a couple days before and on New Year's. Okay. Leading up to it. It's got Arnold, Gabriel Byrne, and um, Robin Tooney from The Craft. Yeah. And it's about, uh, it is it is definitely a Christmas holiday movie, too. It deals mm-hmm. with depression and suicidal tendencies right exactly and, i mean it's the it's the, it's it's the holiday the, it's the season yeah suicide rates go up and it's got one of my all-time favorite uh arnold lines in any movie <laughs> if i didn't mention it, gabriel burns in it he's great yeah. he plays the devil um it's like the devil coming back and like oh, okay the you know whatever mumbo jumbo it's a fun movie it's one of those campy like not okay. campy but it takes itself seriously but it's still a lot of fun i have a sh- it's generally not well regarded, but mm-hmm. I, I have a feeling you will maybe enjoy it. I, I mean, it sounds like something I would enjoy, so I'm excited for it. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. A, I I kind of liked it in '99. I kind of enjoy it even more now. Yeah, like it's just like this is fun. I like fun movies. I mean, it's but it it is Arnold. Like this is like his, this is his first movie post uh, heart surgery too. Oh, okay. so it's like it's a little bit more dramatic for him. Mm-hmm. But um, we'll get into that in the podcast. But anyway, yeah, that's what I'm picking. After the movie where he had some of his the best one liners. Oh, <laughs> I love Arnold. What killed the dinosaurs? <laughs> the Ice Age. <laughs> They're great. Like, just Batman and Robin. Out of his mouth during Batman. Batman and Robin's an unsung <laughs> masterpiece. <laughs> Him and Uma Thurman totally get what movie they're in. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I think next podcast will be pretty good. Yeah. I think both movies we're excited about. Very different. Yeah. You know, I think they'll be We're good. very different, so that works. That's yeah, why we're we called the real opposites. Oh, is that why? Yeah, I know. Crazy. Man. <laughs> Two years of this and just now figuring that out. All right. I want to plug that the real opposites have a Christmas wish for all of our uh, listeners, and that's that if you enjoy our podcast, you share it with other people who enjoy podcasts or movies, or that you just want to annoy during the holiday season. Tell them they have to watch at least an episode, probably start somewhere around the Troll 2 episode and move on from there, mm-hmm. because our first couple are a little rough well, I think all quality gold, wise. But, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well. We're pretty golden. So. Yeah, I mean, we. I, mean, I just mean like the sound is what, atrocious in the first what, like five. So this, so this one's going to come out in the fifteenth. What better way to like get you in the holiday spirit? Like, say you you got the fireplace going, and yeah. you're wrapping presents for the kiddos, and let's put on a real opposites episode to listen yeah. to in the background. Just just while you're to, wrapping just, presents and sipping your eggnog and hot chocolate exactly. or whatever. So like, put some beautiful voices in the back. Yeah. The yeah. what better? This is. <laughs> Where this is, we are the Christmas gift that you didn't know you needed. That's right. We keep giving all year long, two episodes a month. You know, that's true. Yeah, 
bless someone this holiday season with a recommendation to watch the Real Opposites podcast. Please like and subscribe and <laughs> contribute to our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a Patreon, but do do like and subscribe. We do have a fa- we do have a YouTube as well as a, a as a Facebook and a Spotify. So you know, yeah. anyway, your support helps the algorithm find us and. <laughs> All of those things. And we are a small library podcast, but this does help our programming numbers immensely. Yeah. Uh, this is one of our more successful recurring programs throughout sure. the year for adults. So, And coming up next, we have Billy Mays with... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think he's dead. He is. <laughs> it's the only one I can think of. Billy Mays is absolutely dead. That's correct. <laughs> So just a little shameless plug for the holidays there, but... We are a capitalist society. Right. I mean, it's fine. We don't make any money on this. <laughs> right. Exactly. But the more people that watch, the longer we probably get to continue to do it. Correct. Yep. So in the spirit of that, you know, I guess if you're already listening to this and you hear this part, you're already listening to it. So join us again in the new year in 2024 as we start our third year doing the podcast. Right? Because we've done it twice. Two years. Twice. <laughs> we did it twice. <laughs> well, my brain's, my brain's starting to run out. So We're brand new. We're just going to go ahead and wrap this up. So join us in 2024 for our, our the start of our third year for our New Year's episode. But until then, I'm Aaron. I'm Josh. And this has been The Real Opposites. And have a happy holidays. Yes.